Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazer. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, uh, Dick. Back on it here after uh, Easter break. Yep. Everything good for the Easter holiday? Yeah, not bad. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, weather, I guess. What can we do? Yeah, that's not the good thing. So no. It's, it's no. not a great subject either. So. No, not a great subject, especially with the uh, guests that we have with us here uh, today. And Hillsville baseball coach Dave Matson. Glad to have you with us, Dave. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Um, I guess we could start off by talking about uh, weather and how this affects your team. Um, what do you guys are able to do here in the beginning of this season? I know you're probably in the same boat as a lot of other schools. Uh, not a lot of time outside so far here during this early part of the season. What can you guys accomplish when you're not able to get outside and do some things? Well, um, you know, the, there's so many reps. There's so many little things that a team's got to get through. You've got to get those reps. You've got to get comfortable with. And it's not always easy to do it in the gym because it's so easy to cheat and shorten those distances up. Surprisingly, you get outside and you're throwing four times the distance that you are inside <laughs> because, you know, you're, you know, you got actual distances, so it's it's a real challenge. It, you know, seeing a ball up in the uh, in the sky, even on a day like today, mm -hmm. you know, where it's it's really gray, it's windy, it's mm -hmm. it's rainy, and it's but you're going to play in those conditions, so you might as well practice in those conditions and get mm -hmm. get accustomed to right. that. So it, inside, it's tough to simulate a fly ball. It's tough to simulate ground balls, but you got to do the best you can. Mm -hmm. And then you just gotta suck it up and and uh, brave the weather. Um, you know, tonight we went outside um, for about 45 minutes, and um, we ran. We did some. We call it rapid fire. It's just constant throwing. It's moving. It's. And then we got into our our ins and outs, and and we got a lot of reps in tonight, and it was really good. And we had a great practice. And it was a part of it was tempo. We talked about that in keeping these. We're young. Yes, mm -hmm. we are. Yeah, Very. we're extremely young. And 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 uh, boy, it's it's been a while since we've been this young. And it's it's tough to keep those kids focused. Right. That's such a big part of yeah. practice or games. Now, talking about the young team, uh, a lot of holes to fill uh, from the past few years. And one of the things that me and Dick were talking about before we went on was. Uh, the pitching staff. I know uh, you've had a couple of good pitchers over the last few years, and now having to replace those with those young kids. Absolutely. You know, um, Sam uh, Sam Hayes uh, logged a lot of innings for us last year yes. as a freshman, mm -hmm. and you know, Sam's got a, a big upside. He's got a lot of potential. Yep. He has a lot of those pitching uh, intangibles that y y you really like to see, mm -hmm. where they don't get shook. They don't, you know. Um, real even keel. And, you know, some of the things that he's just got to work through are just some mechanical issues. And once I think he gets through that, he's going to be pretty tough. Yes. Santana, sub-key. Uh, Santana, we, uh, we had a kind of an intra-squad game last night just to get some, get some reps, game reps. And both Santana and Sam threw. And I thought both of them looked really good. They both pounded the glove. Uh, they were right around the plate, made guys swing, and you know that's that's huge. Uh, when you get two guys that are six five yes. or bigger, 
and yeah. standing out there on that hill, yeah. they're pretty imposing. Yeah, and that release point looks a heck of a lot closer than it normally would because both those guys are long. Yeah. And that, ar that arm comes across, and it just looks like it's 40, about 40 feet instead of 60 feet coming at you. So, mm -hmm. and, and in Sam's case, Sam throws pretty hard, too, you know, so. You know, and I, I, I warmed up Santana last night, you know, you... It's a good thing I had my glasses on because <laughs> Paul gets there quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but Santana, Santana's um, been, you know, he's he's throwing the ball well. As well. So, I, you know, I look for good things from those two guys. If they can just, if they can just stay focused and and stay within themselves, I think there's a good upside. Mm. But we, you know, there's no mystery. We try to take every kid we can and turn them into a pitcher. Mm -hmm. You mean so what do you got now after Santana and Sam? Now you're digging into probably the sophomore class. Well, well Sam, Sam is, is a sophomore. Sam is well, a sophomore. Well, more of the sophomore We're class. Digging already. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so we've got um, uh, Austin Gross. When we went down to a lacrosse and we played um, Aquinas, uh, he was the best. He looked the best of our guys that threw. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, very, absolutely. Very deceptive left-handed thrower. Well, he's and, a slinger. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. when he throws that ball, it's got it's got a lot of lateral movement, yeah. and that ball at the end is dying down. Yeah. So he's going to get a lot of ground balls and a lot of pop ground balls, fly balls. Anybody who's seen Austin play quarterback in football, and his football passes the same way. It comes out. It's moving every way, but it gets there <laughs> very nice. So not too. not really over the top, kind of a no, well, not at all. No, yeah, it's all it's sidearm. Oh, okay, all the way. So okay, yep. He so. is a he is a he is a sidearmer, mm -hmm. but he he gets some decent movement on that pitch. Mm -hmm. And you know, at Aquinas, he he was around the plate. He made those guys swing the bat, and you know. Uh, we we made most of those plays down there. It was just we walked too many guys at, yeah. against the Quinas. That's a state caliber team. They'll right. be they'll be over it. Yeah, and that was yeah. their second or third time out that time. Yes, too yeah. when they played you out. Yep. You know that was basically your first time outside. Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, uh, to me, I, I, we talked about guys. This is a measuring stick. This gives us a chance to see what mm -hmm. baseball players really look like, and where we need to get to. Mm -hmm. um, the interesting part was. We talked about that the team that we lost to was Marathon. Okay. Marathon was the team that beat Aquinas 10-9 yeah. to make it to state, and then okay. they got yeah. beat first round. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Steve does a great job. Uh, Scott does a great job down there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those guys are good coaches, and, and they, uh, they put out good products every yep. year. So it's, it's nice to get a chance to play those guys, but mm – -hmm. Goodness, what do we got to do to get some good weather? <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah, that was the only game you've had in so far. Um, and now you talk about your pitching staff, but there's other holes uh, that you have to fill, and one of those is that catcher with Jace Peckle still uh, coming back from that injury. Yeah, you know, um, you know, McDonald's looked good. You know, at times he really struggled. He wasn't hmm. very consistent blocking in lacrosse. He was, he just simply wasn't. And he finally. It, it clicked, and he he started blocking the ball. But we had so many free free bases, yeah. so many walks, and then we had pass balls, wild pitches, and it, it the wheels got loose. And you can't do that against oh, no. a team like that. No, you give them so much free stuff. So you know, for us, yeah, it's a loss, but it's a great learning opportunity. Right. I, I in my little notebook, and I'm writing yeah. notes, and we're talking and working on different things. So yeah. Um. 
Yeah, you don't realize how good a player like Jace Peckle is until he's not there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah. and you, most of the people that would have seen that saw Jace last year would not have guessed that he was a, a freshman. Yeah, he, he right. Just, he did a, especially yeah. late in the season did a yeah. bang up job. Yeah. I mean, he single handedly kept us in that ball game at uh, Columbus. I mean, he he got beat up a lot, and and I give. I give Carson a lot of credit. Carson pitched probably the best game of his year last year against Aquinas, and that was a huge game for us because Columbus is on the rise. They're a good ball team. Yes, yes, they are. They're a team to beat this year. They're scoring a lot of runs in the games they're playing. That's kind of what I was going to get to next is uh, that's what the coaches pretty much have is is Columbus Catholic as a top team in the East. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they were were really on the rise last year. you know, it was that was a that was a grind against them last year at their place. Yeah, you know what, too, Dave. They're, they're fairly young too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got sophomores. Uh, Jacoby pitching; he's only a sophomore, and uh, Kanichny, Kanichky, and so they're they're young too. You yeah. know, so but there's a lot of talent there. Yeah, and that's the thing that that's that's a challenge as a coach too. Is you, you know you you want the kids to be here, and maybe they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to remember where how old they are. Right. That's. That's a easy thing to overlook because you're looking at them as athletes. And my feeling has always been, I don't care what grade you're in. Yeah. If you can play that spot, go ahead and we're going to get you in. Right. You know. But there's a lot of there's a lot of learning going on. So Greenwood's another team, um, probably one of their classes here that you know it may be a while before they get some talent back in there. Uh, but how do you see that team? Uh, this year, I know they lost some players as well from last year, but maybe the top part of their line, their top part of their lineup yeah. is going to be solid. Yeah. They've got they've got a handful of, of yeah. good players and a couple good pitchers. Yep. You know, Lerman is a good pitcher. Hanker is a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I mean, you can't take them yeah. for granted. It, no. it, it doesn't matter because whenever you play Greenwood, it, yeah. it, it's it's always a. Uh, so it seems like it's a good game. Yeah, and the tradition is there too, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, and of course, Kent does a great job up there. With yeah, he's the going to get after him. He's gonna, he's going to try to get <laughs> yeah. as much as he can. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, yeah. He, says he's a, he was scrappy as a player, and he's scrappy as mm-hmm. a coach. So, all right. Uh, so, your team, you figure, is going to be up there on the near the top of that East this year, or or is it going to be a learn? Well, a learn in progress. I don't know. I, I guess it. it, it we're gonna. We haven't. We haven't been out long enough to really see where we're at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I, I. I. My measuring. I still go back to that game at lacrosse, and you know, we had Gunnar Barth starting at third base, mm-hmm. and you know, that was the first time Gunnar. I think it had ever seen a ball hit that hard at him. You know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I mean, and he yeah, knocked absolutely. the ball down. He stepped on third, yeah. and he went to one, and and the guy was safe by two steps. And I said, you know. That just shows you how quick you got to be, yeah. right? You yeah. know, that shows you how clean you've got to be, you know. So, and I'm constantly, I am constantly, day after day, catch the ball with two hands, get it out of the glove, move your feet, you know, go catch that ball, you know, knock that ball down, you know, because if you don't, if you don't try to coach them up to that level, they're not gonna, yeah, they're, they're not, not gonna, gonna rise. Come, they're not gonna rise. Right, That's right. right. And it, it's, it's a challenge today. It's it's a challenge. Well, we see it, or I see it, you know, in the youth, in the youth program. You know, when you mm. you go from the ten U up to the twelve U, you know, mm. I keep telling these sixth graders, I, you got to start playing 
a little bit higher level because next year it's 14U. Yeah, you play. And it's a whole different ballgame. And you point down to the varsity field, and the fun begins down there. I said, you're coming off the softball field. You're going down there where the big boys play. Yeah. And it's, in it's, seventh and eighth grade. And some respond and some don't. I mean, yeah. if you hit, if you hit a, a, a ball out of the infield on the baseball field, that ball's probably hitting the fence at the softball field. Yes, absolutely. Right. right. Yep. Yeah. Or close to it. So. Yeah, it's a whole different as you mm-hmm. get up higher. And like Gunnar Barth, I'm sure, is experiencing that right now. <laughs> This isn't 14U ball anymore. Yeah. And it's fun to see those smiles in their eyes are getting yeah. big yeah. and they twinkle yeah. and they're like, oh, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I, I love to see kids that just want to get better. You know, it, it, it just, that makes, that gives me the thrill that I enjoy out of, of, out of coaching. You know, if, if I can help you get better swinging the bat or fielding or throwing, whatever it is, man, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for... That, that guy who's going to be all ears and, all right, let's do it. <laughs> well, we wish you good luck on the season, Dave. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And, uh, and hope the weather changes. Yeah, so. that's well, the big thing now. We're hoping we can get out, get out tomorrow night. We've got Loyal at yep. Loyal. Yep. And if they're not playable, we will be. Yeah. Unless we get a downpour tonight, yeah. um, we'll, we'll yeah. be playable. Yeah, you're um, scheduled for Loyal tomorrow, uh, today, actually, and Spencer on Friday, so both away games. So Cross both. your fingers and get in at least a couple of games in. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, been, it's, been, um, it's been challenging. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it, yeah. you know. I still, I've been fortunate. I've gotten to go watch Logan play over at yeah. Point, and that's been really enjoyable, but there's such a difference between watching college baseball and, and watching high school and yeah. coaching college or high school baseball. It's, but I would, you know, I'd love to take the kids over just to watch, just to see them go, wow, this guy really hit. This guy can hit. This guy can throw. This is. I was just going to ask you, uh, Logan's doing fairly well over they at had a uh, Stevens great Point. series yesterday. They played the second half of the, of the four-game series against Stout. They split with them up in River Falls. Um, Stout's college field is just it's not in a good place and mm. it just it's not a good place to yeah. play spring wise so they played up there they split and they were disappointed that they split last saturday or friday saturday i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> last week something last week yeah, yeah. saturday and uh, you know so they played yesterday uh, at point and they had eight home runs in those two games wow and Logan had one of them, I understand. Logan did yeah, have yeah, one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, one guy had two. Um, they, had, they had back-to-back, mm-hmm. walk, you know, back-to-back home runs in the fifth, yeah. I think, and then one in the sixth. And so, yeah, it's when they – it's interesting to hear their philosophy about hitting. I mean, because, you know, Coach Nett really, you know, he says – this is this is our hitting philosophy, and we are not going to stray from it. And you know, it's it's interesting to just watch to to hear some of the inside info to to understand why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I said a few years ago, um, the Oshkosh softball team was practicing here, now, and we had Scooter Beyer come over and talk to our kids on his hitting philosophy. And uh, I, and I, those kids just couldn't believe how relaxed, and he wanted them at the plate, and 
he's a, just nice and loose on the bat, and mm -hmm. away you go. So, and, uh, you know, and he's got hitting down to a pretty good science too. Yeah. So, so they've been very successful over the oh, years, absolutely. You know, between you know, when you look at the Wyack, I think between Osh Oshkosh and Eau Claire, it's been pretty much a dogfight just about every year, hasn't yeah. it? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You bet. Softball wise, yeah. Yeah, and Scotty, you know, Scotty was one of those kids that was. Uh, when you think about Scott Byer wearing a Nielsville uniform, you know, he was a he was a an emotional kid. Boy, yes. I'll tell yeah. you what, yep. he could be he could be <laughs> scary to be around when things didn't go well. Yeah, and but. Just a great teammate, you yeah. know. Oh uh, man, yeah, know. the best I think, you know. So yeah, and it's it's no wonder he's been as successful as he has over there. I mm -hmm. mean, he's he's done a he's a, gained a lot of experience since he left here, yeah. in, in the, up until the, yeah. the point that he started over there. Yeah, and he played club baseball at Eau Claire because and he played and they went to like. Uh, club World Series, National World Series, when he was playing club baseball up in Eau Claire. How long has he been there? Oh, eight or nine years, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So it just came out because he got his what two hundredth win. Yeah. So, and I believe it's eight or nine years. So, but uh, yeah, that's a pretty interesting story because then his wife was a all we act shortstop. Okay. All right. And she and her sister run a, run a softball academy over in that area. It's called Softball Three Sixty. So, so it's pretty pretty softball Jeez, family. It's too bad it doesn't work out, you know, to yeah. help him out with his program at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, does he, how did you manage that? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, that's great. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, and I imagine, you know, when you're doing a college program, sometimes you are you really have to fight for space in, in your field house. Oh, absolutely. Sure. You know, so yeah. having a facility like that, it yeah. gives you an, another option. Yeah. You know, and, and Oshkosh is no different from Eau Claire or, or River Falls or whatever. They're all tight for space these days. So, yeah. So. yeah. All right, uh, moving on here. I just uh, read that Regis uh, football standout Xander Rockow has a scholarship to uh, go to Division II Minnesota Duluth. Yes, what a what a running back. He was a, a all-conference Cloverwood as a freshman at Thorpe, and now the last two years he's been all Cloverbelt at Regis. So and big two kid. ways too, I believe. So, yeah, big so, kid. Yeah, big kid. About six one, six two, and about two twenty. Yeah, and is a bull to bring down. Yep. So. And a good linebacker, too. Yep. But he's going to go to uh, Minnesota Duluth, so yep. good luck to him you bet. over there. Uh, Dave, you want to stick around? Sure. Keep talking? Absolutely. All right. Uh, I was just going to get into the NFL draft. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, quickly, if we yep. could. Um, it's coming up uh, yeah. actually a week here, uh, the 28th of April. Yeah. Instead of Aaron Rodgers being <laughs> the drama this year, it's going to be Debo Samuels, Larry. You think so? Uh, he asked the 49ers to trade him, so. So I think it's going to be the Devo Samuels draft instead of the Aaron Rodgers draft this year. So. Well, I'm sure something will happen before the draft. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but Jacksonville Jaguars, the number one, right. has the number one pick, but uh, they really haven't uh, decided as to who they're going to pick. Normally their number one pick is Well, it sounded for a long time it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. And now they're a kid from Georgia they're, they're thinking about, Yeah, too, Trayvon so. Walker and also yep. an uh, offensive lineman from North Dakota State or right. North Carolina State. Yep. Could be a number one pick too. So, who knows what's going to happen? But it's uh, next next Thursday. Yep. Next Thursday week from today, seven p.m. on ESPN. Mm. Yep. Where's it at this year? I don't even know. Oh, okay. Well, it's not at Lambeau Field. I don't know. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even know where it's okay. at this year. Well, we'll figure that out for next week. Yeah, so. I know it's not in New York either. No. 
Packers have two first-round yeah. picks, 22, 22 and 28. and 28, yep. So, and two second-round picks also. Yeah, they're so. thinking they're going to go receiver. They uh, signed Sammy Watkins, so, you know, that, that'll help some, um, but... Uh, it doesn't matter who they draft. Rodgers will make them look good. Yeah, right. Yeah, I said they got the right guy at the controls. Yeah, so. yeah so. they got the right guy back. Right. So. All right. Uh, and then Mike Tirico is now the official guy on Sunday Night Football. Yeah. He, he and Chris Collinsworth and then Melissa Stark will be the reporter. Yep. And she formerly worked for Monday Night Football. So it, they, call it, they call it the, uh, what did they call it here? They called it the off-season game of broadcast yeah. booth musical chairs. Yeah, because you have Buck and, and Aikman <laughs> at Monday Night Football. Yeah. So, and I don't even know who takes over at CBS for there. Is it Greg Olson and somebody maybe? Or for Fox. Yeah, Fox, excuse me. Yeah, I don't remember who the guy is that usually is yeah. doing their games, but Jim Nance is still going to be CBS. Yeah, and Tony Romo, guy. yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I enjoy those two. Yeah. Tony Romo yeah. is fun to listen he's, to. Yeah, he's yeah. good. There's yeah. so much insight that yeah. he brings forward. Yeah. You know, he almost calls the plays. Yes. It's, it's, it's you know, funny it, how and it that's, is. It, that's so true, Larry. It I mean, is. Yeah. you think about, he'll, he'll, he'll tell you, oh, this looks like it's going to be a jet sweep or it's yeah. going to be whatever, and it, he's, he's right. Well, and, yeah. and he would know. I yes. mean, he, being a quarterback, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could obviously read the defenses. Yeah. He looks down there and sees, yeah. oh, they're in this defense. They're probably going to run this. So. All right, uh, let's get to uh, where are they now before we get too deep okay. into the program. I'm going to talk about an old track coach up at Loyal, uh, Wes Babcock. Uh, Wes was a 1970 graduate of Janesville Craig High School. Uh, three years varsity cross country. He was two-time all-conference selection. Uh, the Janesville Craig team in his sophomore and senior years qualified for the, 19, for the WIA State Large School State Tournament and they placed 10th in his sophomore year and 11th in his senior year. In the winter, Wes was a two-year varsity member of the Janesville Craig basketball team. In the spring, he was a member of the track and field varsity team for three years running the distance events. He was an all-conference miler as a senior and qualified for the WIA state tournament. After graduation, Wes enrolled at uh, UW-Whitewater majoring in education he was a four-year member of both the Warhawks cross-country team and the track and field team, where he continued to run the distance events. Wes graduated from UW-Whitewater in 1974 with a bachelor's degree in general science education. His first teaching job was at Loyal in the Loyal School District in the fall of 1975 as a middle school science teacher and driver's ed teacher, head varsity coach for cross-country and track and field, along with being a middle school basketball coach. Uh, Wes's 1975 cross-country team was, uh, and he inherited a tremendous team that year, Larry. He, uh, four or five seniors back that year, so <laughs> that had qualified for state the year before. But <laughs> it anyway, makes things easier. Yeah, uh, he, they were Clover Belt and regional and sectional champs and finished second to Sevestopool in Class C that year. In 1976, which was to be a rebuilding year, his team was second to Nielsville in the Clover Belt, won the regional, and second at the sectional, and finished sixth in Class C. Nielsville that year, Larry, finished second in Class B that year. So, But I have no recollection of that Nielsville cross-country team in 1976. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> the 1976 team topped off a run for Loyal of six consecutive state cross-country appearances for 1971 to 1976. So quite a cross-country power yeah, back in those wow. days. Um, so. 
Uh, Wes's 1976 track and field team was also Clorabelle champs and had four individuals qualify for the WI state tournament. Led by hurdler participant Blake Dalby, who placed in both the low and high hurdle events that year. The 1977 team was second at the conference meet with Dalby again qualifying and placing in both hurdle events at state. In 1978, Wes left Loyal to take uh, uh, over the cross country and track programs at Partyville High School. Uh, he would remain in Partyville till retirement in 2013. His team achievements during his coaching years were 17 in uh, uh, track, were 17 conference meet championships with the girls and boys, um, uh, six with the boys and 11 with the girls, 13 conference dual meets, um, eight regional meet championships, uh, two with the boys, six with the girls, five WIA sectional meet championships, all with the girls, and one WIA state meet championship in 1980 with his girls team. His 1981 girls team uh, was the runner-up in Class C. Um, his 1981 400 uh, relay team uh, set the WIA state meet record in Class C that year. And uh, his 800-meter uh, team uh, finished, uh, tied for second in that. His eight individuals and relay uh, state champion and relay teams were state champions in his time. His other uh, uh, cross country, he was uh, his uh, 1980 and 1981 uh, girls class C teams were runner up in the state. His 2002 D3 boys team was state meet champion, and he has had three individual champions: uh, 1980 Kara Hughes, 1982 Amy Ty and 2007, Samantha Buskey. Uh, Wes retired from teaching in 2013, um, but has remained active as a coach with the Partyville uh, cross-country and track teams still to this day. Mm. Um, he, was, uh, he was inducted into the Wisconsin State Track uh, Coaches Hall of Fame in 2017. The track at Partyville High School is named the West Babcock Track. Um, he has also been a WIA basketball official for over 40 years. So, um, uh, Coach Babcock and his wife, Susan, who also started her coach, uh, teaching career in Loyal in 1970s, still reside in Partyville today. So. Maybe that's where I've heard that name is uh, officiating. Could be. Wes Babcock. He's been around. So. Okay. So, so. Do you remember him at all oh, yeah, he in was, Loyal? He came in my junior year. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I never played for him, but he was a good guy. So, what did he teach? Uh, middle school science and driver's ed. So, okay. so, he took over for kind of a legend in Loyal by the name of Dennis Dunlevy, who had started across country in Loyal. But then Coach Dunlevy had a chance to go to Wittenberg Burnhamwood, which was his home area. So okay. he left, and Coach Babcock stepped into a pretty good situation there. But <laughs> <laughs> not so like having a good actually, team attitude. one of their runners was sick the day of the state championship, or else they probably would have won the state championship. That oh, day. so okay, but, you know. It, but they did bring home a second place trophy that year. So, All right. so where are they now? West yeah. Babcock. Yep. All right, Brewers. Uh, nice sweep over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, uh, starting the pitching seems to be coming around yeah. pretty good. Uh, Especially Burns, Burns and, and Woodruff. Yeah. Woodruff. Was lights out yesterday. Burns the night before. So um, uh, Freddie Peralta is about the only guy who's went off to a real slow start. Yeah. So uh, him and Devin Williams seems to be coming around a little bit better. But uh, haters on fire. Yeah. 
yeah. six saves. As long as they got the lead, they'll have him at the end. Yeah. So, so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Big series this weekend. They're going to Philadelphia. Philadelphia has a very fine offensive ball club. So, yeah. So be interesting. Pitching staff will get a workout. Yeah, and that and it's a small ballpark too. So, do you uh, in high school rely much on relievers like that, like a closer? No, we just rely. We just uh, rely on hope, hoping that they throw strikes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty, you know, it, it, you have to you have to really pound the, the zone as a pitcher. You have to be right around the plate because. Yeah. You know, sometimes a strike isn't called, and sometimes a, yeah. a, a, a ball is swung at. You know, mm -hmm. it, being around the plate's really pretty critical. Yep. And um, you know, uh, Coach Basil is really wor really trying to develop uh, uh, that mental approach of be around the plate, but throw the ball hard. Yep. You know, challenge those guys. And um, you know, I guess if as long as we're you know we're around the plate, and hopefully we don't have too small of a zone. Um, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. You know, uh, McDonald, uh, Reese has been, you know, doing a good job swinging the bat. He swung the bat really well down lacrosse. He had two hits against mm -hmm. their, their starter. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so he's going to be a key factor for us. You know, how, how well can he work back there? How, you know, how much can he help out those pitchers? Because mm -hmm. until they get their feet wet, they're going to. Yeah. One of the things I always tell our kids at youth, I don't know if you did the same thing, Dick, was just make sure you throw strikes. Yep. Yeah, don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about how hard you throw it. Yep. You don't have to – well, you know, you want to throw it, but don't try to strike everybody out. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's an important uh, concept is your job is to get people out. And yeah. The best way to do that is throw strikes. Yeah. Let the guys work for you because yeah. if you start walking people, pretty soon the defense – the defense is falling asleep, but yes. when they do get a ball, yeah. they're not ready. Cause right. Yeah, yeah, and quite often too, and that happens sometimes when you're striking out a lot of people too. Yeah, they, they get lulled to sleep yeah. there too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so in the, so yeah, we just you know we just wanted kids to pound the strikes on. It just it was just. You got eight kids behind you though. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, if they hit it, they yeah. hit it. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always a chance to make a play if they put the ball in, if they put the ball in play. Right. Whether it's a ground ball mm -hmm. or a fly ball or. Bucks are uh, in action with the uh, Chicago Bulls. You yeah. got the Bucks in that series, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So yeah. Eastern Conference doesn't have a lot of drama. It looks like <laughs> I, you know, Philly and Toronto two zero, Atlanta and the Heat two zero, but out out west it looks like it could be you know with, yeah, in, with injuries. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night, Devin Booker pulling a hamstring. He's he's out for the next two games. Three and four, and then uh, and that and New Orleans stole one in Phoenix last yeah. the other night. So that's one one. Luka Donish has been out for Dallas the whole series. Now they're saying he might be back for three, but uh, there again, uh, Utah went into Dallas and stole one. Now they're going back to Utah one one. So pretty interesting. And Minnesota went into Memphis and stole game one. So they're going back to Minnesota one one. So yeah, pretty Memphis, good Western Conference playoff. Memphis right kind of told them what who was boss. I think in that second game. Yes, they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you may have won the first game, but yeah. That's about all. But I think the interesting series is going to be Brooklyn and Boston yet. That was a one-point game. Um, I forget, was it Tatum that made a, a layup second. right at the end? Yeah. So Brooklyn was, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals last year, you know, probably Kevin Durant's toe away from going to the finals against the yeah. Bucks. you know. Yeah. But, uh, 
Yeah, that's good. I think that'll go seven there. And Simmons is supposedly supposed to be back for game, game four. Game three, three or four, I yeah. read. Yep. So, so, so. We'll see what happens there. You bet. So, that's but yeah, idea. pretty good playoff watching so far, though. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. USFL, you watched that at all? Uh, I turned it on, but it was kind of. <laughs> I didn't even turn it on, so I didn't realize I kind of forgot. Still playing. They just yeah, started. They, they just started this weekend. I know. This I, past well, weekend. I don't understand the idea of playing the game on Fox and NBC at the same time. I don't know either. I don't understand that at all. So. Money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I thought it was stupid. So. I would think there'd be a, a pretty good paycheck if you got it on two networks. You yeah. would think. Well, yeah, and then all the games are in the same place, same too. Same place, yeah. In Birmingham, Birmingham. Alabama, yeah. So kind of the, the old version of the NBA bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Always trying something different in the USFL. I don't know. So I mean, they got a, a few different rules, too, that they're, yeah, they're, trying. they're working with. You know, it's sometimes – you know, some of those rules look good, and the NFL will adopt some of them. You know, like yep. um, the old the one with uh, Vince McMahon, they did some things, you know, yeah. like. The XFL. Yeah, the XFL, that overhead camera that goes down the field, that came out of the XFL. Yep. You yep. Know, so They use that so, all the time. Yep. So, yeah. so they did do some things that they adopted. but I And the know. XFL's coming back, too. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> so. I think that's, is that this year yet? Or next I don't year. Know. I know be. it's coming back. Could but be. I, don't I don't know. I, said, I don't remember when it's going to be. But yeah, baseball's for the spring, so it's football's in the fall. So I see uh, the Big Ten women's basketball tournament is going to Minneapolis. Minneapolis yes. and so is the men. Really, twenty twenty four. They're going to okay. have both of them. Are they going to play at the Target Center? Target Center. Yep. Okay. It's boy, that's been an indie. The boy, the men's tournament. Well, that's been in Chicago and Indianapolis, I believe. Yeah. So the women's tournament, it seems like it's always been in Indianapolis, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Until this past year. Yep. And now they're going to, and the men's tournament's going to go back to Chicago okay. in 2023. Yeah, it's been at the United Center quite a few times. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So. Uh, let's see, other than that, uh, not a lot going on. Oh, okay. Uh, Unless you got something else. Yeah, in the Boston Marathon Monday. Okay, yep. And. Uh, 2003 uh, NASCAR champion Matt Kenseth, a native of Cambridge, Wisconsin, ran the Boston Marathon oh, really? on, on Monday. I did not know that. Kenseth, now, finished, now 50, finished the 26.2 miles in three hours, one minute, and 40 seconds. Wow. And, which so he must have ran most of it. <laughs> six minutes and 56 seconds per mile. He Whoa. finished 3,576th place. 141st in his division, which was men's 50 to 54. Uh-huh. And it's the best time ever that a NASCAR <laughs> driver has finished in the Boston Marathon. He beat the times of Jimmy Johnson and Danica Patrick in 2019. So, <laughs> so he averaged a six-something mile? Six minutes and 56 seconds. Did you hear what the final mile was for the winner? It was four minutes and... Oh, it was the final one? I'd be like, crawling the final yeah. mile. <laughs> if I could even do that. I, I, yeah, it's under five minutes for 26.2 miles. That's crazy. You, you know, know, we were talking about this last night, and <laughs> Coach Lehman was talking about, yeah, we just got a new exercise bike. And I went, what the heck did he say? I went 12 miles or 14 miles or something like that. And I averaged five minutes, and I said, you couldn't even keep up with a guy that was running. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a bicycle, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nuts. Six, yeah. Even six minutes, though, six, averaging. Six minutes and 50, for a man 50 years old, too, you know, so. That's, 
That's good. But he's always been kept in shape, and he's done a lot of bicycling in his career. Oh. He's done him and Jimmy Johnson have done a lot of bicycling challenges over the years in the off season. So but, oh, uh, I did not know he ran that. Yeah. So now, did you guys see that they are using? You know, I, I saw this. We were watching the Vanderbilt Florida game on Sunday or Monday. Monday, I think it was. And they're using like a watch, and that's how they are signaling in their pitches. Okay. Yeah, Major and, League is using that too. Some, some kind of a yeah. – I don't know how it works. Not all the teams are using it. And not all the pitchers are using it. No. Um, Burns and Woodruff have been using it for the Brewers, but Freddie Peralta, Peralta hasn't been. Yeah, and, that's and, how they signal it now, not, and, the, not the signs with the yeah, fingers. Right. And Freddie Peralta has been the one getting lit up. And then right away <laughs> – right away on the broadcast that night, Bill Schroeder says, well, I wonder if the Cardinals are stealing signs. <laughs> You know, so, you know, no, it's not starting no controversy Electron- right away. You know, Electronically, so. they're stealing the signs yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, know how it works. I don't, I don't either, um, but it's, so, it's some kind of voice deal, isn't it, or something like that? I don't really know how yeah. it's – In the, the college game that I saw, they basically – it was a that was a day game, so they were having to shade it to, oh, sure. to see what yeah. the yeah. was on the face of the of – Oh, the, yeah, I don't know how watch. it's – but I'm guessing it's you know a fastball or it's curveball yeah. or it's you yeah know, whatever the pitch is. But, but well, I, don't I understand s- it's some voice in there and, and catcher to pitcher, I guess. But so. when because I seen that the first game I seen it, I don't know who was catching. I think it was uh, the guy for the Brewers, main guy, Navarez. Navarez had it on his on his wrist, but the pitcher didn't have anything. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. How they're signaling it yeah. out to the pitcher. I, yeah. I thought it would be some kind of a thing where he would look down at his wrist. And, yeah. But I don't know. I don't yeah. know how it works. I have not I seen I have it. no idea. Because you don't see nothing on his wrist. Yeah. He doesn't have anything in his ear. No. No, you pitchers know, so. don't have any. So yeah. I don't know how they're relaying them. With the velocity that those guys are bringing, you wouldn't want to be a catcher that doesn't know what's coming. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, You've seen that happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> it ain't good. Well, it ain't good. Well, thanks, Dave, for coming in. Yeah, Welcome. enjoyed it, Dave. Appreciate Davis. it. Uh, good luck on the season. Hopefully uh, you can get things going here. And, yeah, we uh, need get, to broadcast a few games here. Yeah, <laughs> get more than one or two games in every other week. So. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. All right. That's two guys on sports. I'm Larry Hazen. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.